0: Welcome to another episode of Behind the Now. Today, I get to chat with award-winning actor, writer, and producer Jennifer Levinson. After receiving her BA in theater at Chapman University, Jen graduated from Second City Conservatory. She has since gained an international fan base via her digital content, which she's written, produced, and starred in. Jen also shined on and off screen as a 2020 Tribeca Film Festival Creators Market participant. Most recently, Jen wrote, produced, and starred in the feature film, Trust, which is currently in post-production. Listen in to learn more about Jen's inspiring journey, including the importance and fulfillment of being persistently true to yourself and creating your own stories. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. So Jen, you are an actress. You also make your own content. You recently filmed a feature film that you wrote and produced called Trust, which is amazing. So I'm going to start. Just walk me through your pathway of getting into acting at all. Like where did that come from?
1: Yeah, sure. So growing up, I was kind of like a tomboy, I think. And I remember my parents sort of directed me to go do a theater camp down the street when I was like six or something. And I ended up liking it. Like I remember waving to my friends in the audience, like did everything you're not supposed to do, (laughs) and fell in love with it. And I think that might be not anymore. But for a while, that might have been one of their biggest regrets, like, uh Oh, she caught the acting bug. And then ever since then, that's I can't think of anything else that I'd rather do. So That's sort of how it started. And then I ended up sort of pursuing it up until now in various different ways. But I studied here in college and uh, Chapman. So that was awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Where did you grow up? Where are you from? I'm from LA. So that's another thing where like (laughs) some people go through mad hoops to get here and pursue the dream. Whereas like I'm from here. If I quit, I go down the street. So I'm like, I can't quit now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get it. Totally. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So at what point did you start creating your own content? Like, did you do that from the beginning or? Yeah. yeah. Like, were you auditioning a lot? And then, yeah. you yeah. It's
1: funny because when I was in high school, I, I was like about to turn 18. I was like, hey, parents, help me pursue this professionally or I'm going to disown you when I turn 18. And they were like, okay, we'll help you. So I got an agent and I think I was so green at the time that I would just like hear about auditions and show up. And the first three auditions I showed up at were like huge national commercials. And I booked the third one and it was a Super Bowl spot. Wow. They're like, oh, okay. Maybe she has something going for her. That's Um, so cool. Thanks. And then I got into Chapman for theater and studied it. In more of like a school setting, and I think then I realized how difficult the industry was, and had an awakening. Like nowadays, I would never show up to an audition that I didn't get through. Around, mm. I feel like I don't have the confidence to pull that off. But at the time, I was like, whatever, I have nothing to lose. I might as well just show up. I do not recommend that, but it worked out at the time and. Um, then, like throughout college, we had a screen acting program at Chapman, but in order to get into it, you have to first audition for theater. And I don't know if things have changed now, but you audition for the theater program.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And at the end of freshman year, you re audition for screen acting or um, theater performance, or you stay oh, in the theater program. Yeah, and I didn't get into screen acting, and that was just like a huge blow at the time. And I remember I was auditioning for like a small equity play in LA. And I told my mom, if I don't book this, I'm done. I quit acting. And then (laughs) somehow ended up booking it and then on. Um, and then towards the end of college, I think I was really frustrated because I had agents, but never got sent out like Mm -hmm. very few auditions. And I sort of realized like, I can't just sit around waiting. I feel like there's Mm -hmm. this notion that like, you move to LA, you get an audition, you audition, or you get an agent then audition all the time. But for me, it was like, get the agent, sit around and wait for something. And I was like, mm-hmm. I can't just sit here waiting or I'm, nothing's ever going to happen. So I started making my own stuff. And a lot of it was bad at first, but you got to start somewhere. Um, so that's sort of how I got into yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. that.
0: That's amazing. So what is your background in writing? So like, Okay, for someone who hasn't, say someone's exactly where you were. They're an actor. They've been auditioning, but they haven't written before and they haven't produced or anything. Where should they start?
1: <laughs> I think, you know, it's hard. For me, at the time, when I first started, I was dating someone who was in film, and we would collaborate a lot. Mm. But um, I think the after we broke up, because... It was a very unhealthy relationship mm-hmm. and it was on BuzzFeed, which I'll go into in a bit. BuzzFeed's like this huge platform and that's sort of how I got my feet in the door for bigger opportunities oh, for a see. lot of things. Okay. Um, But I remember the breakup happening and thinking like, I'm screwed career wise. I don't know how to make my own stuff and it forced me to realize how to do it on my own. And what I realized is like we all have the equipment, even if you just have a cell phone, yeah. there are. I feel like people are just so hungry to make stuff and you got to find people like I started a writing group and that was really helpful of just like getting together for an hour we'd each work on our own thing mm-hmm. like accountability for me it's really helpful so I, I think in terms of writing like I read this book called uh save the cat I believe yes. yeah that's a pretty good start uh-huh. but I think the main thing was just to do it and realize that a lot of what I was writing at the beginning was going to be bad um, mm-hmm. or realize too that like a lot of people would tell me certain ideas were bad and then later on I recognized they were great ideas that I was passionate about and someone else out there might also be passionate about it so like right if you have something you believe in or you're watching tv and you're like I could play that role write something similar like kind of write your dream roles that's how I always approach yeah that's
0: amazing and then in terms of
1: yeah producing I just feel like you kind of have to do it yourself so a lot of it like I was investing a lot of money in producing higher quality stuff but some people don't have those resources so like learn camera angles use your phone get your friends Mm -hmm. involved I feel like like I said people want to work so they're willing to
0: Okay. And you kind of organically, um, like how did you go about choosing your crew? And so maybe go lead into like first the development of trust and then maybe how you developed your crew for that. Was trust yeah. your first
1: feature that you've developed? It was. Okay. Yeah. That's I've That's been before. Thanks. But the <laughs> feature I was in was really bad. It was, um, oh, okay. one of those like pair, you know, Sharknado it's by the same company. Oh, I see. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess I could start with like, I was making stuff with my ex and he got a job at Buzzfeed that I helped him get. Mm -hmm. And so I would come up with short form script ideas and then he would make them at Buzzfeed and put me in them. But we kind of got branded online as this dynamic duo. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of me trying to make my own stuff was like, how do I remove myself from this brand that I thought was a good idea? but Mm. has kind of hurt my career a little bit because as actors, like we want to be taken seriously. And here I am being branded with my ex-boyfriend in videos, (sighs) like girls poop for the first time, which are dumb parodies. (laughs) So I guess another piece of advice to people would be like, don't just make stuff because it's going to go viral, make stuff because it could benefit your long-term goals. So for Mm -hmm. me, like after that relationship ended and Buzzfeed was kind of done for me, I was like, how do I establish myself as like a serious actor after this whole Buzzfeed persona for the last four years? So trust was like one of the main things that I've always had in the back of my head. Um, Mm -hmm. based on my own family, I feel like maybe it's relatable to some extent that I see so many movies that nail in this notion that you have to reconcile with your family. You only have one family and Mm. my extended family, uh, has their toxic characters and I think one of the healthiest things that I have done in my personal life has been to walk away from certain relationships or uh fam- whether they're family or not and I wanted to like capture that in a script so I wrote this little proof of concept and that I then reached out to some people I had met through college and on different sets and I knew going into it that I wanted to invest a few thousand dollars into it to make it look good and decent uh asked a lot of favors too and that was a two-day shoot but that sort of opened the door for bigger opportunities i that was like the third project i'd produced independently of the buzzfeed relationship mm-hmm. and oh, yeah and that kind of opened the door like tribeca film festival reached out to me to include me in this exclusive invite only market and i i think it's because of taking the initiative to make my own stuff that opened that door. So yeah, that was yeah, the beginning.
0: Yeah. That's so so admirable. When you say um just to clarify for anyone listening, um
1: go over what a proof of concept is. Sure. Yeah, so a proof of concept is like a slice of life from a larger product. So let's say you're you have like a series you want to make or a feature, those things require uh significantly more resources. And I didn't have those available to me. So I knew that I wanted this to be a feature, but I uh, figured I would show something that is high quality produced well, that I could then maybe take to investors and say like, Hey, I have a screenplay. And Mm -hmm. I have like, a slice of life that's like seven minutes long that shows you the world of the three main characters in this story. And hopefully, this package would resonate with people who would then invest in a feature version of the script right okay so and so it's the it's like to pitch your feature yeah and, I think and it's also, filmed right mm-hmm, it's okay. filmed and it's also beneficial even if you don't have a feature I think to create a short some people might disagree with me but I I think getting into certain festivals and networking with the people there is really valuable in uh expanding who you're working with so for me, it was essential in getting the feature made.
0: Yeah. Okay. that makes sense. Very cool. And then what is your writing process like, like in terms of outlining, like do you outline and then write and yeah. Like, and also how do you decide when to pursue an idea? When are you like, you brought this up a little bit, but when is it like, this is something I should write and invest all this time in versus like, and maybe it's not what I thought, you know?
1: Yeah. I think it's, you have to really believe in the, the concept and the idea. Like for instance, one of the other projects I pitched through Tribeca Film Festival was this series called Never Ever Land that so many people told me was completely stupid. I needed to scrap it. And I thought it was a great idea at the time and then kind of put it aside. And then when Tribeca came up, I was like, you know, they're letting me pitch as many projects as I want. I haven't touched this thing in years, but I might as well throw it into the mix. And then of all the things I brought to Tribeca, uh, like I, I pitched to Disney Television, WB, Freeform, all these big networks and the thing they were most interested in uh, was that series. And it just showed me like, you never know yeah. who's gonna resonate with something. So I think it's about having the, the passion for it and kind of like letting criticism bounce off of you Uh, And like, if you feel a fire to write something, you just have to roll with it. So like for trust, I didn't even open the door really for people to tell me it was a bad idea because I was so passionate about the idea. And I think my writing process varies script to script. Like this kind of was like a cluster of spewing ideas into a really bad first draft. And then um, the director of the feature was a different person than the proof of concept. and. That also started as a joke at a bar when um, my friend Almog, who directed the feature, I mentioned to him I wanted to make this into a feature. And he jokingly was like, hey, I'd like to throw my hat in the ring. And I, like, clocked that. And he's someone that I've admired since college Mm. and always thought, oh, he'd never want to work with me on anything. He's, like, (laughs) far beyond me. So when he brought that up, I was like, okay, I'm going to hit him up. So I think, like, for smaller projects, I reached out to people that seemed – like attainable people, I always paid everyone mm, not well at the beginning, but like, you know, worked out things to make everyone feel valued. Um, and then once I like felt I had proven myself as a true filmmaker, I then felt more confident reaching out to someone like Almog. Oh, um And he really came in and helped me develop this feature script on other things. Now I definitely outline and try and like go off of a beat sheet or okay. yeah work with other people but for trust it was it's largely based on a lot of real people in my life and real events that it just kind of like flowed out into a mess and then Almog came in and helped me structure it better oh
0: I see do you feel like you're naturally more inclined with character development more so than structure
1: I think so I feel like I mean you act right so like Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that as well, though, because when yeah. I was
0: writing, my structure was like, oh, my
1: God, I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. Oh, same. I'm like, what is happening? I don't know where this is going. That's how I felt a little with trust. But I was like, I have a grasp on like, who these characters are. But I do think one benefit of being an actor slash writer is that like, we know how people talk. So hmm. there's sometimes when I'm sure you have had this experience, too, where I get scripts, and I'm like, no one talks like this. This is so, yes, so bad. Sure. written. I don't understand how this got made. And I feel like it makes it easier to write real characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, structure is definitely something I I need to work on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd so t- yeah, I also know, like, talking to writers, at every level, it seems like naturally, people have either a strength and character or Or like the plot or like structure. So totally, I don't know. I was just curious.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Also for me, it's been helpful to like reach out to friends that are more writer oriented and Mm -hmm. work with them on stuff. I feel like I collaborate. I love collaborating. I also like writing independently, but I think having partners to write with has been awesome. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So, okay. So once you have a draft of a full script um first of all how do you decide when your draft is done
1: (laughs) good question for trust it was like the day before we shot I feel like it was constantly tweaking Mm. and tweaking and and things got shifted in big ways a lot up until production obviously like certain scenes had to be locked because we had locations locked but little dialogue here and there was shifted so I don't know if you're ever done with it. But, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah you kind of get to a point where you're like, I have to relinquish this thing to get feedback. And like, I, I like to get it to like, I don't know, a third draft. I feel like first draft sucks. Second draft is a little less crap. And then the third one is meh. And then I send it <laughs> off, get the feedback from all the people. And then like, kind of take everything with a grain of salt. And yeah, I want to apply.
0: Yeah, because you talked about both ends of that, like getting feedback, but at the same time, not necessarily taking everything to heart, and like you still have to know what you want, like what you think
1: instinctively. Yeah, totally, yeah. Like so for example, people were like, "You need a romance," or "You need to like the takeaway should be unite the family," and I was like, "Those are two things that mm. I refuse to change." Like, like you can't um, be precious with your material. To a point where you're not willing to work with people right that's right i've noticed i've worked with a lot of people who refuse to be collaborative and i think that's a major issue but i so i think you got to be open-minded but also like hold firm to the few things you won't change because Mm -hmm. it's your yeah like
0: i love that you said that like the ending yeah because if it's not truthful then don't just do it, you know? Yeah.
1: So there are yeah, two I things that are like open to changing anything, but these two things. And I feel like every movie I see has like a love story with a girl. In the right. I didn't want this to have any love story because I'm so sick of that. I wanted to see yeah. like an empowered female not falling in love. Right. Good, good. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, what was your did you guys have a rehearsal process with the actors? Yeah, so the same actors from my proof of concept right. were in my feature and okay. um they're all producers in various capacities on the feature. So they were really awesome to work with. Um we like had a couple read-throughs and then um my parents are precious angels who um, we shot the proof of concept there. And then um, the budget for this got wild because of COVID and film LA mm. and like producing a feature is crazy. So um, we we were looking at different house locations to rent because mm. after the proof of concept for two days, my parents were like, you are not shooting a feature here. And <laughs> in my mind, as I'm writing this script, I wrote it with that house in mind that I grew mm. up in. And Also, financially, it's a lot easier to shoot in a location that you already have that is basically, it has a lot of the production design in it. So Mm -hmm. my director kind of got on the phone with my mom because he was like, is there any way she'll let us shoot there? And I was like, 100% no, try it. You talk to her. So (laughs) for an hour, they were going back and forth. And he was talking about paying her and all this stuff. And then finally, he was like, creatively, this house is perfect. And my mom got quiet and was like, let me talk to, let me talk to Jen's dad. And it was Mm. like that talking about it from a creative perspective, got them to literally leave the house on their own and go stay in my grandparents house in Palm desert and let us use their house for free. So we were able to have a couple rehearsal days in there, Mm. uh, which is really helpful. But for like, so there's like three of us in the main cast and then a lot of other cast members that we did, like, a Zoom table read. Mm. And then the first time we actually, like, did the film was on set. So we would okay. we'd rehearse it and then just went right, and like, let, out. let it all go.
0: <laughs> awesome. I love that. That's So how long
1: did the shoot take that your parents were out? <laughs> so they were out for, like, a week and a half. It was okay. an 18-day shoot. But, like, the main location was the house. And then we shot in other locations around L.A. Okay. Wild, yeah. Wow, that's really definitely. lucky. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. So grateful. I, I mean, can, we went way. I mean, not way over budget, but a little over budget. And I can't imagine how much worse it would be if we didn't have the free location mm. for as long as we had. Yeah.
0: Um, how did you go about casting? So I know you said like the main roles. I think you knew them, right? From before. yeah. Okay. So
1: Heston and I went to Chapman together, and Kate and I met on a film shoot. And then for the rest of the cast, I have a friend named Lena, who I grew up with. And she was like, hey, I have this random friend, Jacob, who wants to be a producer. Can I introduce you? <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, oh, here, what am I going to give him? I don't know anything about anything. And then he kind of came to me and was like, hey, I have a background in casting. I'm eager to work. Can I help out on your film? And I was like, yeah, sure. And honestly, he's kind of the reason the film even got made because I was a lot of talk and like half action, being like, I'm gonna make this film sometime. And then Jacob all of a sudden started like casting it without me like actually having it greenlit. And I was like, oh, wow, we're doing this together. So it kind of kicked my butt to start like getting all the funding and reaching out to anybody who might invest in the film. And uh, that sort of I like, Jacob knows this. I'm grateful to him because him coming on board is really what like lit a fire under me to get this made. That's uh, really, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and he, he used, uh, yeah, sorry. go on. Yeah. So he, he can't comes from like a casting background and it was very, again, collaborative. So like we gave him the script, he came up with all these character descriptions. And um, what I loved about working with him too, is he really challenged us on the vision for every character and gave us reasons why. And sometimes we agreed, Mm. sometimes we disagreed, but um, it really gave us a a wide range of options in terms of casting. And I think in terms of securing some namey talent, which we don't have any like huge names, but um, having a proof of concept was really helpful in getting some Mm. bigger names on board because they could see that we're capable of doing something more than just, Uh, right
0: that makes sense yeah it makes sense like from um a perspective of someone looking at it just like on paper or like writing I mean you know versus they can actually like watch and kind of see the dynamic there's no way you can pick that up just from a script you know because you don't know how it's gonna be executed
1: right yeah so I think that's really helpful like the guy who plays my dad Lyndon Ashby he's from he's in Trinkets on Netflix he was like the OG Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat and um He's, like, in Teen Wolf, so we got him on board. I think a lot of it had to do with the proof of concept, and he was just an angel, absolute dream to work with. Like, everyone was so awesome to work with. And
0: so cool. Yeah,
1: so that's sort of the whole the casting process. We, like, created a dream list of, like, actors that were unattainable that we would love to have in certain roles, mm-hmm. and, uh like, in Reach, and then, like who we thought would absolutely say yes. And then Jacob also put out casting notices and reached out Mm -hmm. directly to certain agencies. Um, So it was a lot of like outreach and some people laughed at us with the rates we were offering. Um, I think some didn't even open the script, but uh, most people (laughs) Mm -hmm. who did were willing to talk with us, which is cool.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, it all lands where it's meant to, you know, like it sounds like it was amazing. So that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. That's so exciting when you um have like your ideal cast, like in those beginning stages, do you reach out to their reps
1: directly or like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't do the outreach. Jacob did uh-huh. and at first there were, it was a lot of no's Um, some mm-hmm. agents being like, I can't even send this, this is an embarrassing offer got some of those oh my God. Uh, but it's funny because I think legally I and I don't know the logistics but mm-hmm. so I think if you send us an offer they have to show the client so we were sending some offers that were laughable but another thing <laughs> I didn't even realize because on the proof of concept we didn't have trailers or anything it was just like mm. it was low budget and the feature was considered uh ultra low budget but like in negotiating with some of this talent not only are you negotiating a rate but you're also negotiating the type of trailer they're going to get if they're going to get a trailer oh, see. going to have a room in the honey wagon if they're and because of covid we had to have a honey wagon with different rooms to separate people in mm. system um but that definitely uh, was not something i knew before producing a feature that oh you're negotiating the type of dressing room and it was funny too because even after negotiating these things with agents, you realize like, oh, the agents are just trying to get as much as possible for their actors because like Lyndon showed up on the first day of set and we were like, Here, we'll walk you to your trailer. And he laughed because he thought we were joking and we were like, Why we got we have a trailer for you. Like that's what oh. you're negotiated. But yeah, yes. So, like, kind of funny to see the disparity between what's asked for and what's right. expected. But um, everyone showed up and was uh awesome to work with but that was all interesting in the casting process yeah that's negotiating those things
0: it's so interesting hearing you talk because because like everyone there's so many different moving parts and like roles in the industry and you and like making your own feature like that you really interact with all of them at like different levels and that's that's probably that was probably really funny to (laughs) you To see, like, everything the agent was
1: saying and then you're actually with the actor and they're like, oh, I don't care about this. Yeah, it's also funny too because it made me realize, dang, my agents could really work a little harder. I dropped my reps after my film because I was like, they've not negotiated once. And here we have, like, even if it's not for financial negotiation, we had agents negotiating for, like, a different placement in the credits, tickets to the premiere. Like, the smallest things, just trying to get their clients as much as possible because also, like, they don't know us. We're all new filmmakers. Like right. it's also the director's first feature. Um, but I think now um I'm I'm really proud of what's coming out of it and how it's looking. And I hope it so leads exciting. to other projects for us for sure.
0: Yeah. So what where does it go from here? Like how do you approach distribution now? It's such so, a process, huh? It's, it's amazing.
1: Such a so exciting. <laughs> Yeah, we got a PR uh, distribution strategist on board. And actually after college, like for two years, I worked in distribution as like a mm. social media marketing lead. Um, so I took notes in like every meeting. And I think that really helped in also getting investments to say like, hey, I have a background in distribution. I know how mm-hmm. it works. Like I will guarantee this film gets sold. Um, and I'm, I do film. So like in terms of distribution, we were still like editing the film, it's still in post. Like, we have mm-hmm. a work in progress, we've submitted to a few festivals. We got denied from Sundance, but you know, saw that one coming. Um, but we've gotten a few distribution offers, mm-hmm. which is really exciting, and we've gotten some festival offers. Um, so basically, it's a lot of outreach to direct contacts and programmers, and um, I think a lot of it's political and who you know although they say you know right they say it's not but um (laughs) trying to get individual screener links to certain people and just getting them to watch it um on film freeway where you submit to festivals you can't track how many people have viewed it but Um, send them a screener link you can track it so trying to see like who opened the link how many views has it had but um I'm also planning on going to European film market in Berlin to um, get on the ground and pitch it because I've realized you can hire someone to sell this film, but I don't think anyone is going to sell it and pitch it as much as I will. Right. Um, I was so literally can, I was thinking that. <laughs> yeah. And my director too. Like I, I knew ever since I met him and worked with him at Chapman, I knew he was going to be successful. And I'm so honored that his first feature was my first feature working with him. Like, I, he also just wrapped a project with Jimmy Fallon. So like, he's, he's also an editor and I just am really excited for the potential of where this will go. And I think that like, once we we're trying to finish like sound, so like the next steps right now, we've done Mm -hmm. color and um, we've sent this work in progress to a bunch of people, but it's so hard to be creative. And when these people are getting thousands of films to expect mm. to know what it's going to sound like is uh, a huge ask, I think. So I am excited for once we have this film, like completely wrapped in a nice little bow, hopefully by the end of January to like, send that out. So we're kind of waiting to commit to distributors and festivals once we mm. have.
0: Okay, that's, all. that's, that's pretty, that feels quick to me still,
1: though. So that's really yeah, awesome. That yeah, that's the thing, too, is like, I obviously knew Sundance is like a whole in one, like there's no way, Mm -hmm. but I think uh, in the back of my mind, I'm trying to make myself feel better by being like, we sent a work in progress. They don't know. They didn't hear it with like the completed sound. (laughs) Yeah, It's such a different experience when you have everything in there. So um, yeah, it's been a very fast turnaround for sure.
0: That's so cool. And that's true what you're saying. It's not just, I mean, that's true, you know? Um, when you submit to festivals, what are you submitting at the
1: stage? Like, We're do, submitting yeah. a work in progress, and at the beginning, we and they say they accept them, but again, you know, they're, <laughs> how creative how can these people get? It's like with casting, how creative know, are we going right? to get? I always think that way, but we submit a work in progress, and at the beginning, it's a title card with all the things that are in progress, so... oh i see yeah i'll say like colors being worked on we just finished color and then we'll update the link and be like okay sound design Mm -hmm. and sound mixing is being worked on credits are being worked on um so we'll we list all of the things that are in progress and okay yeah so we're like we're picture locked but all of those like final touches are Mm -hmm. being laid in as we speak
0: Yeah. Okay. I always wondered that. So that makes sense. So you are sending though, like the full film, but like a rough cut like this. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay. That makes sense. I know you're very immersed in trust, but do you have any idea of what you want to pursue next in terms of story or anything genre? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, another thing with trust is like I said, I've been getting very few auditions. I don't know how your audition cycles, Mm -hmm. but mine are like very few and far between. And um, after trust dropped my reps, I got a new manager. Like okay, I, awesome. I was disappointed that even during trust, when I told my reps, I was making a feature, they kind of poo-pooed me. I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's I, so that, honorable. That makes me like, you know, yeah, I think because a lot of people do make content out here that maybe they don't realize how legitimate of a film it is. Um, but one day they'll regret that. So far, yeah, like, This will open doors as, like, a producer, actor, and writer. Mm -hmm, Um, Which is so cool. Thanks. And so after Trust, I was like, what can I control? I can't really show up at auditions or anything like that. So I, like, got back into an acting class. And then I started writing as much as possible. So I'm, like, currently working on a pilot with a friend. I have another feature with a different friend. And then my... Other baby, I call like Trust is like the first baby. And then the other big script that I'm hoping to get off the ground in the next few years is called How to Hunt a Narcissist. Ah. And um, definitely a different vibe than the last film. Uh-huh. So um, just trying to do as much writing as possible and find things that are in my control. Mm-hmm. I think as actors, it's so frustrating to be sitting here and it's like I got the new headshots I updated the resume and real yeah. checking on actors access and there's nothing there and it's like what I feel like I just have to sit around and I hate that feeling so I'm constantly, right. what can I do that's in reach and that's those have been the main things it's
0: yeah like- and you've yeah. done it and it it's so so exciting it's like yeah. it's so cool I appreciate it are there any stories inside of you that you find yourself like, do you have a favorite type of story to tell? I just thought of that because you said how to hunt a narcissist, and I think, um, I don't know. It seems like there's like some theme there with like, me- like mental health ish.
1: Like, yeah, I love mental health uh, stories that talk about mental health or destigmatize mental health. So, yeah. trust is one of those stories. It centers mm. around like three siblings reconciling over their mom's suicide. Um, I I've lost family to suicide, and mm. I've had my own. Personal struggles with depression and so for me I think trying to find ways to integrate that into stories and destigmatize these different things mm-hmm. and talk about mental health in a tangible realistic way is important um I, especially after seeing I think there's a lot of content out there that kind of romanticizes certain aspects of mental health that mm. shouldn't be so I'm like what can I do in a story to I don't know be real with those types of right. things yeah, I'd love mental health. Um dramas are are where I end up finding myself. But I think how to hunt a narcissist is um maybe like a dark comedy mixed with some weird uh I don't even know if you, I would say sci-fi elements, but some like weird horror elements. Mm.
0: Okay, awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm so cool. I'm really like I'm so inspired by you. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm going to ask you just a few fun questions, like random. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So bad. okay, cool. So what is your
1: horoscope sign? And does that mean anything to you? I'm a Sagittarius. I'm really bad when it comes to horoscope stuff. Oh, but I'm okay. trying to get better because I have friends that are like deeply ingrained in it. Hmm. Um, and every time I do read stuff about my horoscope, I'm like, oh, wow, it is spot on. Hmm. So I'm trying to think of like what Sagittarius
0: means <laughs> yeah honestly I'm not sure either I just like yeah yeah I am I've been recently kind of interested a little in tarot cards oh. not that I think it's like true or like anything but it's like it is interesting and like um yeah there's a lot of people that do tarot readings and they just a lot of them just have such wisdom and whatever they say you know and it's yeah. not necessarily like this is gonna happen this week but right. yeah
1: yeah, no, I, cool. I need to explore it more because I'm sure there's meaning behind it. <laughs> yeah, I think there must be something. Yeah. Um, do you have a
0: weird talent that not many people know about? A weird talent?
1: I don't know if I have any weird talents per se. I think um, I am, I think I have a special, I th- I would call this a special skill that like, rejection pisses Mm. me off and makes me want to prove people wrong which i feel like if you don't have that kind of fierce energy it's really hard to want to keep going in this industry so Mm. i don't know that counts as a special skill it's like for sure i mean mean, every time someone's told me like even i remember at chapman when i got rejected from the screen acting program it's like i need to now like prove them wrong and Mm. so like Or or when my ex used to tell me I could never make a feature, I had to go make a feature. You know what I mean? So yeah, good. uh, I love that. Yeah, that's
0: the spirit you need.
1: Yeah, those (laughs) are my special skills: being obnoxiously persistent. Excellent. I love that. It's so good. And this
0: podcast is called Behind the Now, but I like to emphasize emphasize be the now. So, Mm -hmm. is there anything that you do to be the now? however you interpret that, or like, yeah, yeah. or like, when are you
1: in the now? I think um, being in the now has been one of the hardest things for me to do. Um, And I have such mad respect for people who are able to do and it's something I work on in therapy and every day of my Mm -hmm. life. I feel like I have anxiety, I'm medicated for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I know a lot of people are in this industry. And there's this constant pressure to like, do stuff because it's going to lead you somewhere in two years or five years. And like it's so hard to just like live in the now. But I think um, even just like being on set and making this film, um, at the, when COVID happened, it had a lot of uh, negativity to it. But the one thing it did for me was inspire me to be like, I can't just sit here waiting around. I need to like mm. do things now. And And who cares when this ends, which we're still in it kind of. Right. And it kind of got me in this headspace of like, life's short. And I don't know when else I'm gonna get opportunities to do things I need to do them now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even just like, as I get rejected or accepted into festivals, um, instead of like, thinking about the long term effect on the film, I'm more so just like, trying to take it a day at a time. And and live in the process and Mm -hmm. proud of how much we accomplished and what we're accomplishing every day. And then I, so, yeah, I think for me being in the now is like waking up, focusing on like what is in my control today Mm -hmm. and not trying to predict where it's going to put me in. Yeah. A amount of time.
0: Yes. I love that. And I've had, um, everything you're talking about, like those thought processes and what, what can I be in control of? And like, oh my goodness, I probably have papers, like notes of this stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. You are amazing. I'm really excited to share this. Thanks for
1: having me.